Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome back to the Have We Made It Yet podcast. Uh, my name is Josh Yang. I'm comedian Josh Yang. <laughs> and I'm the actor, Lucas Ng. The actor. So I, th- uh, I was about to make the same joke that I made last week where I, I, Sir Josh, Sir John Ng, the actor, Sir John Ng. Um, but yes, uh, welcome back to another episode of Have We Made It Yet? Uh, the podcast where we talk about the process of making it and um, both of Lucas and I are starting out pretty early. So usually I got to ask Lucas, have you made it yet? No, I have not. But again, I started my online acting class and it's going swimmingly. Swimmingly. Oh, so they, they teach you how to act while swimming. You know, we're training for a lifetime movie uh, about water polo players. So Huh. You know, I got to get my summer bod ASAP. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to go for that. those underwater shots of the... Because polo is pretty, like, it's pretty brutal under the under the surface, right? They're just, just yanking on your feet. They're drowning you the whole yeah, time. Yeah, you're scratching and fucking people up. Uh, but nice. Yeah, that's a sounds like a good acting class. <laughs> um, uh, Mr. Josh Yang. Oh, yes. Have you made it yet? I have not made it yet, but... I have created a separate project that the the <laughs> first episode, yeah, because the, <laughs> nice. the first episode I finally managed to make it come out last <laughs> night. Uh, the long anticipated sleep with Josh podcast. It's the podcast where um, you sleep uh, with Josh. Basically, I will be reading a lot of random literary type of. Uh, pieces of literature in my monotone voice uh, as like a sleep aid and it's not your usual stuff because a lot of those type of podcasts they they Mm -hmm. do like public domain stories or you know um, things that yeah public domain stories or like they ramble on themselves to help people like go to sleep whereas I'm going to be reading laws um, (laughs) the dictionary yeah uh, different manuals um, terms of services. I'm excited about that one. I think I'll start with Facebook because nobody, wow. nobody reads the terms of services for anything. So I thought, I feel like well, if I read that people will not pay attention. So that's the point. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll give that a try. First episodes out. I'm going to start putting out some more, but that's something else. Maybe I'll be able to enter that, you know, lucrative sleep assistant podcasts. You are living and breathing ambient, Josh. Market. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, but yeah, that's that's not making it, but I'm making my own little little fan base of people who think I'm boring. So I love it. Yes. But today we do have a very special guest on Lucas, <gasps> I believe. You'll be able to introduce her. My God. My God. For episode 15, we have my god okay so for the youtube watchers you actually already see her name there um but for for some backstory with this next guest all right so so her and i we first met in september of 2018 at a uh, mutual friend's wedding i remember we all met each other at what was a pre-wedding house party in which i knew no one aside from the couple that were getting married there mm-hmm. uh, she was incredibly welcoming as you know, a stranger walking in and she just says, hey, come play Heads Up with us. You know that game? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Generous made it really popular. Um, then uh, I'm not sure if we traded contact information, but at least like I remember her enough that she uh, was incredibly memorable. Um, mm. Fast forward to the summer of 2019. 
I began my acting journey and also the start of this idea of this podcast here. Right. And uh, before then, her and I, we had chatted and I found out she's an incredibly, amazingly talented actor also. Um, in a lot of ways, I look up to her. She's one of the first people I message when I have any acting questions, right. when I bomb an audition, or mm. if I have any successes and I want to share. All in all, like, I kind of like to call her my personal mentor in this, in this field right there. Yeah. Um, but more recently right now, uh, she's an incredibly gifted actor, cinematographer, and also photographer too. Uh, oh. You might have also seen her in the uh, TV series Get Shorty as the character of Thea. And also as Alyssa Kane in the TV movie, The Past Never Dies. Uh, but now, like literally right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right, right. after right after watching this episode. You could, you could do it technically, okay, right now as of a week ago, because this, this, this episode will come out a week later. But yeah, True. right now. A week, okay. a, a week ago right now. A week ago right now. Um, you can see her as Yang on the hit Amazon Prime show Upload. That's streaming. Because my last oh. name is Yang. Oh, oh man, you—that's you, great. That's great. That's great. This show was named after you. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see her as Yang on the Amazon Prime show Upload. That's streaming right now. Perfect. Um, let's welcome Phoebe Mui on the show. Woo! Hello, guys. There we go. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. Phoebe. I'm here. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, with any guests that we have on here. Miss Phoebe Moy, have you made it yet? Uh, absolutely not. I have made it, guys. I've made it from my living room back onto the floor in my room. <laughs> and that's a, huge, that's a huge accomplishment for this quarantine right now. <laughs> fair, um, fair. But no, absolutely not. I have not made it yet at all. <laughs> um, when you first set out on this journey, what was your interpretation of making it? Um, I think, well, um, I, when I first set off on the journey, I don't think that I had any particular, like, long game, like, long-term goal in mind. Like, I just, everything was, it was, like, one accomplishment after the other. Like, when I first set off, I was like, okay, my goal is to book a job. Like, all I want is to book any job. Mm-hmm. And then... And then I started, and then once I started working, luckily, um, then it became, oh, I want to book this kind of job. I want to book this kind of job. And um, I feel like that's just going to keep going. Like, that's just going to keep snowballing. And so you're never going to really feel like you've made it, even when you're, even when and if you're, you know, way ahead of the game than most people. Right, right. I would, how did you feel then about um, getting on to getting a role on the show Upload that's on Amazon Prime? That seems like a, because Amazon Prime feels like, ooh, it's a, it's a, it's a bigger name studio. It seems like it's going to get, you know, a bigger reach. Maybe it's something that like, yeah. does it feel like a, you're making it more? Um, no, I mean, I like I, I'm I'm really thankful for the opportunity to have been on it, and and uh, I love that it got renewed. So like, who knows mm. what could happen? But like, just the fact that I got to be a part of it, and I got to meet one of my, I guess like a writer that I really look up to, Greg mm. Daniels, who mm-hmm. um who wrote The Office. I'm obsessed right, yeah. with The Office. Like I've I've seen the whole series like at least three times now. And I just keep cycling through episodes and I'll just like watch them before I sleep. But what I'm saying is like, I'm really thankful for that opportunity. So, and the thing is like when I first booked it, I didn't know where it was going to go at all. Because it was just, it was, yeah, like that, that was all, like a lot of stuff was concealed. Like we didn't really get to, I, when I first, booked it all I had read was the pilot and I was in the last episode so I had no idea what was going to happen mm-hmm. um and I honestly didn't know all that much about the show when I did when I auditioned for it because I was on the road and I taped it within like 20 minutes of getting the audition because right. of the time difference and everything I was in Hong Kong mm. and actually this is a funny story so I was in Hong Kong and um 
uh, I had just landed, I think. But in Hong Kong, morning there is like nighttime here. Like it's like 9 p.m. Like a 7 a, like 7 a.m. in Hong Kong is like like t- 10 p.m. Vancouver. Yeah, right. 15 hours. Or no, maybe yeah. River. Anyway, it's a 15 hour difference, night and day. Um, yeah. So I, I arrived there, and the moment I arrived, I opened up my inbox, and it's like, you have a take due at like whatever time. And I pretty much only had like two hours to get it done. Ooh. And so I was like, shit, what? Um, are we allowed to swear? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Swear as much as you so want. I was like, shit, like, what do I do? I'm, not, I'm on the road. And um, I go back home to like my family home and my dad's there. But obviously like my dad doesn't speak. My dad doesn't speak English fluently. So it's hard mm. to read with him. Mm. And I'm like, dad, I really need help with this tape. But like, we don't have a setup. He's like, okay, we'll stand in front of your closet and I'll just like hold my phone. Wow. And then I said, what about a reader? And I was like, oh, I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to FaceTime my friend Izzy. So I FaceTimed my friend but like no one, like my dad didn't have a hands to hold her up. So it was just like the phone on the ground and her voice reading yeah. back to me and yeah. my dad holding the phone. And because I had no time, I actually didn't have much context as to what we were, like where we were. Mm-hmm. So I just assumed that we were in an office because like I knew it was great day. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, in my mind, we're in an office and I'm talking to someone like who's new here. Mm-hmm. And we're like hazing this guy. So we just went with it. And then yeah. I did the thing. She did the read. And then my dad, like my dad looks at it and he's like, oh, I think it turned out well. And I was like, oh, cool. So like, what do you think? Um, do, do we need to do it again? And he was like, no, it was actually amazing. And I was like, really? You think so? And he was like, no, it was really, really good. It like, it, it was so stable. I didn't shake at all. It just <laughs> it looked like it was on a tripod. I yeah. was like, Dad, I get that, but like, what about me? <laughs> like, <laughs> I forgot this tape was about That's you. Fair. Anyway, uh, so to this day, he still takes credit for me booking upload thanks to his impeccable camera skills. Nice, Ooh. unshakable hand. Yeah, but um, no. So I, w- I was really excited when I booked it. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, cool. Speaking on the quarantine, though, like, of course, the highs of an actor are very high. The lows can also be low, especially during this Mm -hmm. time, too. Um, What have you been doing to to progress your craft during this quarantine? Um, So, yeah, like the the contrast between right now, like what we're doing now compared to what we were doing before is so big that my first couple of weeks in quarantine were really, really tough. Oh no. Mm. Like I was just going through, yeah, like you said, ups and downs. Like it was just a lot of anxiety and like panic attacks. And because uh, my parents are with me right now, like I, I get really worried for them. Mm. So the first couple of weeks was just like really trying to, my body was like rejecting being still. I also have a problem with being still. Like I, oh. I, I'm, constantly on the move so before the quarantine i was like i had things i literally planned my days out to the hour like to the minute like i would finish one thing and then go on to the next go on to the next i have a meeting i'd go to meet someone for coffee and then go and then go home and do a tape or whatever yeah Mm -hmm. and i think like we like took those we take those times for granted because like that without even thinking there are ways in our days for us to practice our crafts constantly, like getting auditions and everything. Those are just constantly keeping your gears moving. Mm -hmm. And I was going to class like once or twice a week. Um, But yeah, as soon as we got into the quarantine, I was like, shit, what now? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of had to like find a different way to stay creative and like stay, like keep that part of my brain moving just because I knew like, okay, right now I can't like, there aren't really many auditions going around. Um, And like, I can't really act with someone and like feel like people and like, you know, um, so that part was gone. Uh, So like slowly I started 
listening to more and more podcasts. I've always been addicted to podcasts, like listening to um, actor interviews. Like there's one, I think I told you about this off camera with Sam Jones. I'm in love with that podcast. Um, So I pretty much listened to every single person on that thing, which is a shame because when we started quarantine, I kind of just started Um, (laughs) re-listening. And then awards chatter is another good one. Uh, And then I like, I would watch actors on actors on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and after roundtable conversations, I learned so honestly. I learned so much from watching these people because it's like awesome. people that are yeah. that that are established and like that you look that everybody looks up to, and that kind of struggle with, with the same anxieties. And so, like I was saying before, it's like I think no matter where you are in your career, you're constantly going to be reaching for more. Like, so I don't think you're ever going to really feel like you made it. Mm. Unless you're Will Smith and you have a home and you can run away from home and still be at home. Like <laughs> there's a whole, there's a whole meme thing about anyway. Um, yeah. So I've been doing that and like watching movies, reading plays, um, just trying to keep the gears moving and yeah, yeah. like stay inspired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No. No. I a hundred percent agree with the um, like watching the podcasts of other actors talking to other actors. Um, it's so, so interesting. Yeah, um, for me, because I'm like into comedy, uh, the comedy scene in Toronto has been like essentially decimated. So all the different like clubs are are closed down. A lot of comedians, like I had a couple shows that were planned for later in April. And then when every, later in March, actually, that, you know, right before everything really locked down and everybody closed up. And then yeah. those were canceled uh, perpetually. There was going to be like a bigger competition in Toronto called the Comedy Brawl that I was looking forward to doing. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that's canceled because I haven't heard anything about it. But Oh, shame. Not only that, though, all the small bars and, and um, like dive bars throughout the city that usually... Where you would drive and like do your performances and like yeah. test out your material. Yeah, so all those different stage times uh, and different bars that usually have those like shows weekly, uh, even if it's like to five people, that's still technically a spot. So mm-hmm. even those are getting shut yeah. down. This one diner called One Two Zero Diner in Toronto that's mm-hmm. do, that does like multiple shows a week. I found out they closed mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. So in that sense, like those bar settings, who knows how that's going to come back in Toronto. But um, that's such a shame. Yeah. And similarly, there are a lot of um, comedian podcasts out there as well that I've been listening to that it is very interesting Mm -hmm. to see them talk about their experiences with their friends because they usually have their friends that go back to when they started. Mm -hmm. Wendy Cummings has a great one called uh, Good For You where she's had a lot of like really experienced comics on there. They talk about their times coming up, how they feel about coronavirus and stuff like that. So yeah it's um it's a lot the, of anxiety it is it <laughs> like is not like the uncertainty of what like what our jobs are gonna look like what our like our passions are gonna look like after yeah. all this blows over yeah and, and oh, i'm really, sorry to hear that though josh because like you sorry you were saying oh no no yeah j- just on also josh's point too like yeah. when we can go back to our crafts it's going to look completely different. Like the bars that you will be showcasing at Josh, they're going to be half empty and that will be at full capacity already. Yeah. Even Um, if they could be at full capacity, probably ideally won't because you want to distance people somehow. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, even just thinking about like my, like, like, uh, like my anxieties about being in crowded places now, I'm like, Mm -hmm. as much as I would love to go to a comedy show, would I really go and risk it and stand Mm. amongst the crowd? Like it, it's going to take everybody a different amount of time, like just yeah. at everybody's own paces to get back to where we were before, if ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. a shame for artists like yourself that, you know, really need that like person to person audience interaction mm-hmm. to kind of move yeah. forward in their craft. But then again, like it's great that we have, kind of platforms like this yeah yeah like um you know you could continue kind of doing the same in this like in the same kind of in a similar setting i suppose yeah um let's start back from the very very beginning to Mm. to before you even went into acting like i I know you went to ubc and everything like that 
for mm-hmm. a completely different major than than what you're currently doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what hobbies or crafts did you have that first steered you into wanting to go into acting? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just I really liked watching movies, mm. um, and I like always dabbled in acting. I like in high school I loved acting. I loved theater. I did I did IB theater. I um I did a couple of the school plays and. I just, um, yeah, I loved that part, but I never really considered it as like a, a career path mm. that was feasible, you know, right. just mm. because realistically you're like, oh, you know, it's just such a big pool of people fighting for the same thing. And it's just like a funnel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's a really tight funnel. And uh, yeah, so I always kind of like just thought of it as a hobby and <laughs> at UBC same thing I like I was I was always into sports more or not more but it was just like the thing that was more accessible mm-hmm. so I played basketball from like for, like all the way from high school through university I mean I wasn't varsity or anything but like I oh. just I played all the time like mm, I right I would play almost every day and um and yeah I just I just did you know college girl things like college <laughs> people things like hang out with your friends and drink beer after class and go to rec beach <laughs> like i don't think i just i don't think i thought that far ahead and like i didn't want to let myself i don't know it was a part of me was i didn't want to like follow in my like my parents are actors too and i never wanted to do mm. the same thing as them i didn't want people to think i was copying them or whatever it was right. my ego getting in the way the whole time uh-huh. but oh. uh yeah so back then i just i just loved watching movies i loved um i loved i loved going to like ubc improv and i did oh, i did nice. like a little bit of improv but honestly like I that didn't even count it was like it was such a long time ago and it was so short for such a short time um but I think that was kind of what reignited the like the mm. desire to do it more nice. was there was there like a moment then during that period of time when you kind of clicked in your head that you wanted to pay more attention to it you wanted to take the next step towards like really going a hundred percent into it as a as your your career uh yeah i think it happened it happened twice like oh, once mm-hmm. propelled me into acting and that was um that was like after i graduated from uvc i did um i worked in marketing for about eight months mm-hmm. and um it was for like a big big company um it wasn't like a marketing firm but it was for like a big casino resort. Okay company yeah and so i did their marketing and i i hated my life i was was so depressed and i found myself like i just i don't belong in an office (laughs) at all and people don't like me in offices i don't thrive in them i don't do good work in them (laughs) i sat in my cubicle watching vampire diaries every day (laughs) sorry nancy um but but like that was that was my life for eight months and i hated it so much and i just felt like so trapped in this box and i remember every day at four fifty i'd be ready to go yeah and then come five o'clock i'd drive straight for the beach and then i'd just sit there interesting wow. <laughs> it was so dramatic it was so dramatic so maybe it was like <laughs> it was meant to happen um but yeah so i would i would do that and then eventually one day i was like my contract was coming up and i was just like there's you know what this pushed me to the furthest edge Mm. of like running from what i actually wanted to do and i was finally like you know what screw it i gotta do it so i just yeah so i just applied for film school and then yeah and then and then i kind of like i did the whole film school thing for form like it was a quick course that like kind of introduced me into it yeah um and then i you know i got an agent i got really lucky like right off the bat got an agent started training with a great great coach that i've now been with for 
oh my god like five years coming on five years mm-hmm. and she's like I owe a lot to her but um when I first started training with her I don't think I was still like a hundred percent in right um and then I think two years later like something just clicked and I was like I need to throw my whole being into this Mm. interesting did you did you get a little taste of success and you you were like oh this could actually get the ball rolling or like I feel like you know this could be the feasibility of it feels like it's more there no it's so crazy because like I didn't um like nothing happened for me until I threw my whole being in there because I think like it's hard to it's hard to um I think for the whole, like for the first two years, I was constantly still looking for a backup plan. Right. Mm. Like, like I was still, uh, I was trying to grow my acting career, but also grow my photography career. (laughs) And I was trying to, trying to do both. And I'm not saying that you can't, and some people are so good at managing both. Mm. Like they're amazing at it and they're absolute rock stars at both careers. Um, But for me at like, for some reason, my my heart could only be like kind of in one place, and I felt like I was if mm. I was giving fifty percent to one thing, I was only giving fifty percent to another, and it just wasn't fair. So, yeah, when it when I finally like threw myself in, then I like then I started to work. Nice. Yeah, mm. and no, I that, think it's like when you don't when you know you don't have insurance. Yeah, that's when you that's when yeah. you really just go for it. That's true. I mean, the Spanish burned their boats when they sailed to North America. So Cortez, yeah. was it Cortez yeah. did that? So it's like, fuck it, we're going to go genocide these people because we can't go home. How else are you guys going to survive? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do that. No, you that is a very... in the deep end. Yeah. No doubt. Like, that's a very similar theme about having an existence that you just absolutely hate and you need to realize that out of that hatred for that past life, you need to grow something new. And mm-hmm. I had a similar thing where I had a job that I hated, but yeah. it made you really right. realize that it did not have to be this way. And mm-hmm. that you could change your path if you're willing to throw yourself out there. So exactly. So I like I, I admire, like, and I have a lot of respect for people that are able to do that, because it, mm-hmm. it takes a long time. And for me, it took so long, like some people, they just, you know, it clicks, and they're like, okay, bam. Yeah. Mm. I hear you. I hear you. I, yeah. Something interesting you mentioned, though, because like you worked in an office for eight months and you hated mm-hmm. it. Um, since you like the office, the TV show, which character, which character did you feel like you uh, connected with? Then? Nice. Like Gosh. based on your experience. That is so funny. I haven't really thought about it. Um, I think in terms of like. Oh God. Well, in terms of what actually happened, the thing is in the office, everybody just stays there. Like yeah. Pam, I was going to say Pam. Cause then she discovered art. She moved to New York for a bit, which was amazing. Mm. And then she came back. Like she just yeah. came yeah. back. <laughs> so I don't want to, I don't want to like jinx it and say that I'm Pam. Um, Definitely not. I don't think I'm Jen either. I don't think I like went <laughs> away and then like had a baby and then like <laughs> came back a hippie. Yeah. Um. Ryan's Ryan's a douche. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, yeah. sometimes I feel like I'm. Sometimes I feel like I'm Kelly. Oh, Kelly Kapoor, nice. Yeah. Yeah, she's. <laughs> She's so funny, but sometimes, like, sometimes I'll feel like I'm a little bit Kelly, just because she just like she she's like, are are you guys hanging out without me? <laughs> she's just like got this. I feel like she's constantly got this sense of FOMO, yeah. like this unshakable FOMO, and that's kind of how I feel about like people I love and like life. And yeah, just opportunity costs constantly in my head. Right, um, right. Oh, yeah, sometimes so I feel like I'm her. Sometimes I feel like I'm 
maybe um, a Michael. A little bit of Michael. Everybody's a little, a, everybody's a little bit of Michael. Everybody's a little I feel like everybody's a little, a little, little bit of each. Like when you watch yeah. these shows, these people essentially, like especially friends, like when I think of like my sense of humor and, and, and the way I talk and like the, just, and then when I think about which character I am, I feel like there's every, like a bit of everyone in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it, well, I mean, it's like a chicken or the egg situation, right? Like, yeah. Like, do they model these people out of, like, after these characters after just little bits of everybody, or do they mold you? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, I, for, I agree. Power for, of television. Absolutely. For me, 100%, it was um, friends. I grew up watching them, and I've kind of mentioned this mm-hmm. before, but like, mm-hmm. I always loved Chandler because I thought he was the smartest one. And like he had the funniest jokes yeah. in, in in my mind. Yeah. So I eventually, like over time, didn't realize it happening. But then I developed a form of sarcasm based off of Chandler in the way <laughs> I talk and and my sense of humor that like... 100%, yeah. Yeah, that, that just... Now I don't know who I would be if I didn't watch Friends when I was like between 10 to 13, that 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 period of time. But No, they shaped us. They, they shaped our culture and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why they're the greatest show on television ever. Like I, so a couple years back, um, a couple years back, I like did another cycle of friends. I do this every year, like along with the office, I kind of like just alternate, but with friends, I like started another cycle and then I started the pilot and yeah. I don't know why it was this year that it clicked for me that the friend zone, they were talking about the friend zone in 1994 right yeah yeah i think they yeah so the friend zone isn't like a concept of like the 20 like first century (laughs) Mm -hmm. like it was way ahead of the time (laughs) way ahead or they molded the times like they are the like they were the times Mm -hmm. right right it was like it was happening during the society at the time and then they were making jokes well, and then they about made it us. and then it, yeah and then they made yeah, these yeah. brains that, that we have was greg daniels also the show creator of that show of friends? uh friends no it was um some um, other people oh kaufman 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 kaufman, kaufman, crane. Yeah. kaufman and crane david david crane yeah i think yes. it's david crane yeah, yeah. nice yeah hmm. uh, mine's would be kevin though from the office kevin like, <laughs> small victories that's what i go for every day Right. Seven, yes. Yeah. I, f- I feel like based on my voice, it'd probably be Toby. I don't know. True. I don't know if on like sensibility or humor, uh, it probably would be somebody else. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe Dwight. Maybe, I'm not going to lie, maybe Dwight's, the jokes that Dwight did were just so eclectic and, and a little weird. It's like kind of, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, I like that sensibility. But yes. But on, also, just on, like staying true to yourself, you know, like really, yeah. he's just so true to himself, living his best life. Yeah, but no in terms of about, yeah, no in terms about of, what everybody else thinks about beats, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, uh, um, mm-hmm. you mentioned briefly about like your first auditions and also um, getting an agent and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when you're preparing for roles and auditions, what's your process? And do you have any like pre-audition rituals that you do to get yourself ready for the audition? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. I think it really changes. Hmm. Like uh, the pre-audition stuff for me, um, picking out an outfit makes a whole world of difference Mm. um and it also it really depends on the audition because sometimes like what depending on the character i'll i'll take a different approach towards the audition and depending on the kind of the context that we're given and how much how much information we're given like some some things some projects come with the script of the pilot right and then Mm -hmm. like i'll read as much of the pilot as i can or i'll read the whole pilot and then research as much of the show as i can or the project 
-hmm. And then I'll look up the directors, the producers, see if I recognize anyone, um, look up stuff that they'd done and see if like, see if they're particularly stylistic and if I need to, you know, make any choices based off of that. True. Um, and then, yeah, like some, there are some, some characters that you really have to do a ton of work on and, you know, I'll write pages and, you know, journal or something. Um, and then go over the who, what, why, where, where was I before? Where am I going? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, what are my relationships? And then there are others that you're just like, okay, what is my intended scene? What is like, what tactics am I going to use? Blah, blah, blah. Like, right. Nice. Okay. Would you say your outfit really informs your character or, or would you say the other way around then? Um, That's a good question as well. You're asking very good questions. Um, I think it, I think it does inform the character for me. Like it helps me drop in, especially if it's a character that's not like, that's nothing like me or something. Mm -hmm. For example, um, even something as simple as, not simple, but something like playing a lawyer or something. Mm -hmm. Playing a lawyer, you get into, you get into your suit and, or uh, like you wear nice trousers and maybe like Oxfords and a blazer um, and a nice top. Like that's a f- the furthest departure from what I would normally wear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so stepping into that outfit like really changes my physicality. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it helps me. It helps me feel more in the character than anything nice nice um interesting actually i had uh, as you guys were talking about i was thinking of um kind of this idea because it's sometimes as acting it's tough to get into the emotional mindset of certain certain emotions that maybe like you're not comfortable with uh most some of the time uh, this is probably to both like lucas and and you phoebe is mm-hmm. there do you find that is there uh, an emotion when it comes to acting for you that is the toughest for you to get to? Yeah, tons. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah, like being vulnerable and yeah. being like sad. I mean, those are the hardest things for most people. And I definitely also struggled with that. And Sometimes I still do it like really depends and uh, you really have to put in the work and like stay focused on your objectives and Mm -hmm. then allow those things to drive how you feel. But um, vulnerability, I think it's one of the things that I struggled with most starting out because I mean, Lucas, you might be able to like, this might resonate with you as well, but culturally, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, we're, we're taught especially to harbor those feelings and, like yeah. suppress them and and not let them show um mm-hmm. uh everything everything's about you know putting on a good face yeah and so and so when that's like so ingrained in you it becomes your instinct to shut it down even though you start feeling it like you start it starts bubbling you're yeah. like, you shut it down and sometimes that's not what is like required of you like if yeah. the page says phoebe why are you crying yeah. Then you gotta cry, and even if you're so sad, and normally if you wouldn't cry, you gotta cry. Um, so that was like that was a major challenge, and I think also genuine happiness is really hard. Like right. genuine or genuine like laughter. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like really laughing is pretty hard. Sometimes even harder. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. To your point, like vulnerability is is an incredibly hard thing. I, I remember doing in class a monologue from the Breakfast Club one time, and it was about a boy mm. that was cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cigarettes, cigarettes on on, on mentally that. disabled. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I was doing that monologue, and the teacher just said, "No, you 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 you're at a seven. No, you're at a six right now. You got to bring it up to a ten. Like, don't try to copy what the actor did, but like." You, you have to bring some emotional intensity in, into it. 
you always got to bring it to like you always got to bring like a 10 yeah like it's always going to be a a 10 like how it comes out i mean you have to like Mm -hmm. that like your character whatever your character is drives the direction of like where like how it manifests but like Mm -hmm. you always got to bring your a game you always got to bring 10 yeah and i just found it so hard to 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 bring it up. I mean, maybe I could have brought it up at home, you know, in a safe, secluded place and everything. But when you're in class and the lights are on you, the camera's on you, your instructor's also looking at you to to make sure you're doing it. It's a Mm -hmm. lot harder to actually be vulnerable at that moment when the eyes are actually on you. And and yeah, to your point, it's incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But I guess like it's, it's good practice to do it in class because when you're on set i mean more even sometimes even more eyes will be on you exactly and and you got to pretend they're not there Mm -hmm. so it's a good thing we're in class i know isn't that the thing though like acting is all about trying to be um uh what's that word um authentic trying to be the most real human being you can in the most unreal inauthentic setting or artificial lights are on you. The whole camera crew is behind you. Right. It's just a really weird dichotomy. Right. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. That's interesting. It's interesting, also, like uh, Phoebe, when you mentioned that a, a lot of Asians, when it com- Asian culture, when it comes to like putting on a face and making it seem like you know everything's fine, essentially, that's also like a form of like social socialized acting that I guess a lot of Asians have to really is, yeah. deal with. So yeah. I guess we were meant to play characters that just internalize emotions. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. full, of, full of subtleties. You can see it in the eyes, the, all yeah. the pain. Just generations of cultural inner <laughs> emotions. <laughs> That it's cultural like, and like emotional repression. Yeah, you're not yeah. showing it on the face, but you can feel it through the screen. Just all that. That's why all the up hon- emotion. True. That's why all the Hong Kong uncles in movies always have big bellies because that's where they store up all the resentment <laughs> and anger. And that's them. where it all goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't mean to generalize and say that it's also just Asian cultures, but um, I know a lot of Asian. Yeah. friends that come from families that kind of oh yeah encourage that mm-hmm. oh my god for sure um just about like the last two questions before we go into yeah let's our ending segment um what has the quarantine taught you about yourself that oh i'm gonna get really truthful and say okay this this quarantine has taught me um that i run from uh like i i constantly like when when we get to work and and lead our busy lives mm-hmm. i kind of use that as a great um channel for me to run from stillness mm. and mm. um it's like running from cuz when you're still then all your anxieties everything that's bugging you or not bugging you, every, or even things that are making you like really, really happy, those things come flooding in, and sometimes they can be very overwhelming. Right. And um, this quarantine obviously has made me sit my ass down and like let those things hit me, mm. because I just had no choice. Um, so, I th- yeah, I think that's like the biggest lesson that I've lear- learned from from this mm. yeah uh, have you had a way of channeling all that or, or at least filtering that overwhelming feeling have you found coping methods to help you with that yeah yeah, yeah awesome. um definitely like if um that's why as i was like mentioning earlier like the two routes that you could go down like the wellness route or the alcoholism route and i oh, yeah. i swear i teeter on the edge of both consistently in my like normal life um but when the quarantine started I like like threw myself down the wellness route because I I just wanted to feel good like I just Mm. I wasn't feeling very good and um I wanted to be like healthy Mm -hmm. you know in case anything so I I just worked out a ton I did a ton of yoga and like when when it first 
when the quarantine first started, I was doing a lot more meditating and I should probably get back to that now. Um, cool. But those things really helped. So I've been keeping to those as part of like a, just having some kind of routine. Yeah. And then, and then creative things. Awesome. Awesome. Keep on going there. We love it. Um, let's just go into word association. I, I think now's a good time for that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We're going to, we're going to try something a little different, add a little segment that we can uh, play around with, with our guests moving forward. You a little know. bit of word association. So pretty much uh, Lucas will say 10 words, then I'll go and say t- nine words just because I had nine. Anyway, it doesn't, not very specific, but uh, we'll go, he'll say a word okay, and then the rest and then the first word that comes to your mind, just just go right on to it. Like, don't don't second guess it. Just go okay. bring it right into it, and we'll mm-hmm. see what happens because this is our first time doing it, and uh, we'll see if it if it's uh, entertaining. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, I'm just gonna go go down the list. Okay. So mm-hmm. go whenever. Okay. First one. Accomplished. Mission. <laughs> Money. Uh, problems. Stress. Also problems. Goal. Um, joy. Uh, door. Okay. Sorry, what? Uh, door. Door? Open. Mm. Uh, drink. Whiskey. Fear. Loathing. God. Fe- um... Sky Buddha. <laughs> nice. Sky Buddha. <laughs> uh, hero. Um, villain. Film. Huh? Film. Movies. Cool. 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 Wait, did you say loathing to fear? Yeah, fear and loathing. I don't know why fear and loathing. No, but fear that's, and loathing. Isn't that a that's a film, isn't it? Fear and loathing and yeah, yeah, something yeah. Like, and I haven't even somewhere. seen it. I mean, like I've oh. been meaning to see it. <laughs> I love the name dropping. Why. I love interesting, it. interesting. Ah, I mean those those movie titles are like subconsciously put into us or film titles. But okay, yeah, uh, we'll go with mine. First word, family, parents. Kumquat. Wi-Fi. That's my Wi-Fi. That's the name of my Wi-Fi. Whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Pineapple. Oranges. Technology. Instagram. Alone. Sad. Lights. Camera. Camera. <laughs> <laughs> Action. Action. Sports. <laughs> okay. In retrospect, I probably should have saw that happening when I wrote those three, I mean, three words. That, I don't. I don't know why I was. I was hoping to get like lights and something else, and then okay, whatever. That was a fail on my part. Okay. And last thing. That was so fun. Okay. Oh, I still got one more. Last thing is. Okay. And the winner. Oh shoot. Am I? No, no, you're good. Okay. You're good. Froze for a second. Last thing is, and the winner is. You. I love it. As in you, as in. As in you, you. You, you. Me. I don't know. As in you. Okay. Actually, I'm just just looking at myself. Mm. Winner is you. And the winner is you. All right, cool. We'll review. I got okay. <laughs> <laughs> the lights, camera, action kind of backfired on me. But all right, all right, fair enough. That worked I, out well, though. I think yeah. we're just one mind now. Yeah, I've, I should have thought better. I mean, this is it's literally the the thing actors are told to do. So probably should. <laughs> you know what? They don't even really say that. Like it, it. No one says. Oh, that fair enough. Yeah, on set, mm-hmm. which is so which is so weird that like yeah, but. Mm. Yeah, she'd just be quiet on set and action. Yeah. She yeah. just shouldn't even... They go like sound, speeding. Sound, speeding, yeah. that's the word. Yeah. Frame. Mm-hmm. All the things. Mm-hmm. And my brain's, my brain's tuned out. Cool. 
Well, so ends our first uh, attempt at um, word association. Uh-huh. That was so fun. Yeah. We will do it again. We will do it again. We'll do it again. We'll yeah, do it again. just the word association part, though. For like a full 50 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go through the dictionary and, and ask them what they feel about every word. Uh-huh. Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Mm. Um, so this has been episode 15 then. Um, episode 15. Give it up for Phoebe. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Oh, actually, also, I guess, shoot, is there anything you want to plug? Did I want to plug? Promote. Not much, of a, not much of a plug here. Drink La Croix, guys. Oh, oh okay. that's uh, a... <laughs> Drink La Croix. Anything great for you. And, um, you know, it's, it's like the closest thing to a vodka soda minus the vodka. Hmm. Oh. I thought this it's not a great plug. Um, <laughs> it's just, like you're auditioning <laughs> for La Croix right now. I know. I know it's not a bad, it's not a good audition. <laughs> uh, where can people find you? Yeah. Hmm? Uh, what are your social media handles? Where can people find you? Um, I am on Instagram at Betches. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Phoebe Mew. Uh, I'm on Twitter, but I don't really tweet very much. Also Phoebe Mew. And um, I guess you'll find me here. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, and you'll learn a lot about me here. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Exactly. Uh, um, for me, uh, at Josh Yang Comedy on uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, and also, since it's just came out, you could search up Sleep with Josh podcast on um, Spotify and all these different different platforms. Give it yeah, a... Yeah, Josh. If you, if you like what you hear, uh, it's out there for you. Uh, yeah, so do that. Awesome. And uh, you can find me at Lucas John Ng on, on Instagram and on Facebook too. Um, all right, episode 15 then. And oh, and for all our viewers and listeners, watch yeah. Upload on Amazon Prime right now and look up for Phoebe right here. Yes, look out Thanks, for her. Thanks, guys. <laughs> cool, cool. This has been fun. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, please like and subscribe our YouTube channel that we have yeah. and also follow us like on Like and su- subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Like and subscribe. Scrub, scribe. <laughs> Everybody. Awesome. Listen to me. Yeah. See you all later. Great. All right. Hey, Have a good thanks, quarantine. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Happy quarantine. Take care. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 